0: Los Angeles. Hello, fans of Major League Soccer. Hello, lovers of the beautiful game. And hello to the millions and millions of Defenders of the Bank listeners. This is episode 261 the recap of the loss at home to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Eh? What the canucking, hockey puck, maple syrup, labats nonsense this was! We'll talk about that momentarily. Apologies for all the Canadian stereotypes. I happen to love most things about Canada. Some of the people are the, in Canada. Actually, a lot of the people in Canada are some of the loveliest people you will ever meet. And I'm actually happen to be heading there on Wednesday for a wedding. But that's besides the point. My name, for those who know or don't know, is Christian Philly. Philemon, the platinum-colored hair flamingo coming to you live from world-famous Philemonster Studios in Burbank, California. Joining me, as always, the Tom to my Jerry, the Itchy to my Scratchy, the Laurel to my Hardy, the Abbott to my Costello, and the Carlos Vela to my Denny Bowanga, the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert.
1: The scarf. Wow. I'm I'm the Carlos Vela in this. I'll take it. I mean, you're uh,
0: you're older. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) either or it can't go wrong. They do account for pretty much everything that LAFC does.
1: Look, absolutely. It has been that kind of a season so far. What's good, everybody? Uh, The answer is not much after this match. It has it's a trend that I don't like that we are starting. Here towards the uh, middle point of this season, first win on the road for Houston all year, first win on the road for Vancouver all year. Got to stop doing this. we got to stop letting teams know that we're uh, all of a sudden becoming a little hospitable at BMO this season. We are definitely not defending the bank like we used to. Look, it was an incredible atmosphere before the match. Mm -hmm. Uh, During the match, not so much. Uh, before we get into it, I want to remind everybody that we are part of the Flex family. Head on over to FlexPowerTools.com. Uh, really happy, by the way, and I hope he's okay with me naming him by name because uh, I'm about to, but Gil uh, from Cuervos, Gil Torres, uh, he talked to us about his experience with Flex Power Tools just today at the tailgate, and he was extremely happy, satisfied, and uh, had nothing but positive things to say. And look, if you think we're just corporate shills for flex, and you know what? Sometimes we are. They are our sponsor. They are the primary sponsor defenders at the bank. Uh, look, if if we're just corporate shills, Gil has no reason to lie to us. Gil could come to us and say, hey, those flex power tools were crap. He did not say that. He he genuinely thought they were wonderful. Uh, Philly, you have a, a Harry. Now, who is that? Is that that's, a Harold?
0: I mean, how many other tuxedo cats are in this house? Yeah,
1: that's a Harold. Uh, look, so so if head on over to flexpowertools.com, we have some exciting news and some giveaways that we will be doing starting in July. Lots of cool things going on with Flex. But again, we are part of the Flex family. We want to thank them for being the sponsor of Defenders of the Bank and, of course, the front of kit sponsor for your defending 2022 MLS Cup champion, Los Angeles Football Club. And look, we got to get this field funded. We got to get this field built. And uh, if we're going to do that, you got to go to lafc.com backslash mo-fasio to get as much fundraising done as possible after each and every match. We talk about it, we talk about it, and we talk about it, but I'm tired of talking about it. Let's get it funded. Look, I'm going to say this. Right now it is Sunday, June 25th at 1237 in the morning. That's right. It is a beautiful Sunday morning. And you know what? $25 for June 25th. Why not? Because we're tired, and I can't think of anything else right now. So I'm going with Sunday, June 25th. $25. $25. Philly, your thoughts.
0: 11 for Denny Bowanga's 11th goal of this Major League Soccer season.
1: I like it. I thought maybe it was 11 for Timothy Tillman playing today. More on him in just a little bit, too. Uh, but look, again, I uh, want to thank uh, everybody over at Flex. I want to make sure that we're fundraising for Mo. Uh, Philly, before the match today, out on Christmas tree lane, about 2 o'clock. Uh, you got to take part in the ceremony, by the way. That was kind of it- neat. Um, want to give a big shout-out to taylor and max an incredible i have never been uh to a wedding anything like it first of all it was 20 minutes long so it was definitely my favorite wedding i've ever been to but uh more more so the love that was in and around christmas tree lane during that beautiful ceremony from start to finish it was fantastic and and again all of the 3252 all the supporters groups on christmas tree lane They gave them their space. It was great. They turned off their music. Many came over to support. And it was an incredibly beautiful, incredibly moving ceremony. Uh, Look, whether you agree with anything or not about pride, here's all I want to say before I'm going to step off my soapbox. Love is love. And for whomever finds love in anybody else, I think we should celebrate that. We've had enough reasons over these last three years, over these last five years, 10 years, however far back you want to go. We've had enough reasons to commiserate. I don't think we're finding enough reasons to celebrate. And if for some reason you are against love of any kind blossoming in any situation that it can, my only hope is that when you get presented with a situation where your beliefs on love are challenged in the way that they might have been out on Christmas tree lane today or inside BMO Stadium, I just hope that if it is a family member of yours, a friend of yours, or a complete stranger, that you are as open to and tolerant of love being love for whomever it is love for as what we saw out on Christmas tree lane today. So beautiful ceremony. Congratulations to Taylor and Max.
0: Congratulations indeed. And yeah, it was an honor to be a part of the ceremony. I, I held back some of the, uh, (laughs) I don't know what the streamers, making sure that they weren't going to catch any fire because oddly enough, it became very windy during their wedding candles were knocked over. Uh, there was, there was uh, you know, smoke was popped. It happened to come a lot into my face, but it was, it was a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful moments of the entire scenario is, uh, when the, uh, official of the, of the day, Brian, uh, spoke about how a traditional wedding has one of these, well, who gives this person to, uh, to the wed. What Brian indicated was, you know, we want everybody here. This this is a community that loves Taylor and Max. I want everybody to shout, we do. And we went ahead and did so. And that was a very powerful moment because it truly was the community. And if you really want to listen to Taylor and Max's story, I highly recommend listening to the LGBT uh, FC podcast with our buddy Luke. Uh they go into great detail of the trials and tribulations of both Max and Taylor's life coming up and what led to the decisions that they made and obviously the love that they found together. And and I'm with Scarf. Lo- love is love. The, the, the world is a is a twisted and, and messed up place. Uh, but but it doesn't have to be. And if you find it in your heart to obviously accept those that, that find love, that, the better to you. But if things like this offend you and you're bothered by it, check your own reality. I personally have zero tolerance for hatred, racism, bigotry, any of that stuff. Uh, it, it just, it, it bothers me. And I don't want to mention specific names or specific handles or specific accounts. And we've seen you. We've seen the comments. I don't want to give you a platform because quite honestly, you mean about that much to me. Actually, you mean Nothing to me. Jack-ish. But um, you reap what you sow. The reality you create is the reality that you hold in your head and in your heart. And if your head is full of hate, bigotry, racist animosity, look, I feel sorry for you. I don't live with that kind of hatred. I only live for positivity, love, and all kinds of other positive aspects. Uh, y'all suck if you have hatred, animosity, <laughs> racist uh, racism, and bigotry in you. And quite honestly, like I don't give a rat's ass about you. This bothers you? I, you bother me. Let's just put it that way. And that's, and that's all I have to say about that. Another beloved of Max and Taylor. Love that LAFC featured them. Yes. Videotaped them. Put them on the big screen during the game. It was pride night. The atmosphere was great. I just wish that LAFC would have been able to give Max and Taylor a victory on their wedding day.
1: Yeah, again, great job by LAFC to come out and support as well. We had Imad, they had videographers and, and staff members out there supporting as well. Devo was out there and, and several others. It was just it was great to see. Um, also, by the way, before we get into the pleasantries of this match, we got to wish a very happy birthday. Now it's 43 minutes past his birthday, but he may still be up partying right now. Who knows? To one Rich Orozco. That's right, LAFC Rich. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Uh, A beautiful two stick out there in the north end today uh, designed just for you, Rich. A very happy birthday from us here at Defenders of the Bank. And of course, from all of the millions and millions. Happy birthday, brother. All all right. More birthday shout out, bro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Our brother Carlos Aguirre,
0: global diplomatic, celebrating his birthday. Uh, I well, I believe today. Today is Sunday, right? Oh, it God, is. we're 45 minutes in Sunday. Good lord. Yes, exactly. happy birthday to Carlos Aguirre, global diplomatic. He is um an unbelievable person with all the philanthropic endeavors that he engages in on behalf of our community in impoverished areas. Like he's he's truly a special person. I I he he. He kind of influences me and motivates me to be a little more philanthropic in my own life as well. And the world needs more people like Carlos Segura. So on behalf of myself, obviously, Panda, the Gremlins, obviously Scarf and Nina, and you're gonna see her thing. You know, nothing but love and happy birthday to you too, buddy.
1: Absolutely, my man. What again, what he does for Global Diplomatic and, and how he influences the LAFC community every time we have an away days, he's got some sort of amazing philanthropic endeavor going on. So absolutely brother happy birthday carlos lots of great birthday love this week between reimer and rich and carlos anybody else out there who's had a birthday we love you too why not god we used to start our segment on birthdays people used to get so pissed but that's all right that was back in the day uh what we do like to do is a little thing called this day in lafc history and then we'll get into some news and notes and get right into the breakdown of the breakdowns against vancouver uh, this is uh, well. The game happened on June 24th, so we'll go this day in LAFC history. June 24, 2019, both Diego Rossi and Mark Anthony K named to the 2019 MLS All Star Team, and that is this day in LAFC history. We'll we'll run right across that one and get to news and notes. Philly, one of my favorite players to ever don the black and gold. He also would don Mario Sombrero on occasion into the <laughs> North End. He may be headed back, maybe, don't hold your breath, but maybe we don't really know what's going on with Mamadou Fall right now. What we do know is that as of June 30th, which is in five more days, or in our case, three more podcasts, uh, June 30th, uh, Mamadou Fall's loan with Villarreal is up. Uh, It's essentially up already. They don't have anything going on between now and June 30th. He's already said his goodbyes on social media, which, of course, many in the black and gold community picked up on. Uh, He played 25 games for Villarreal B, or Villarreal B, as they like to say. Uh, He did have a handful of goals, but also a whole handful of yellow cards and a red card. Um, And a couple matches with the big club, with Villarreal. Look, I love Mamadou Fall as much as the next person. I don't know that LAFC is going to bring him back or loan him out. Philly, curious to hear your thoughts on one Mamadou Fall.
0: I feel like he's had one incredible journey coming over from Senegal to going down to Florida, playing at the Montverde Academy, gracing the uh, the bank of California Stadium, which it was known at the time with his presence and his authority, his goal scoring prowess, his, his defense, his his tough play. And you know going over to La Liga and La Liga, too, was pretty incredible. And all this journey and he's 20 years old. 20 years old with such upside in his young life and his young career. I would love to have him back. Uh, he's a talented kid who's got plenty of upside, plenty of potential to bring. But that being said, I don't know if he's going to be sticking around. I don't know if yeah. he's going anywhere else. What I do know, though, is on July 1st, we're going to have some changes and hopefully some player uh, additions and departures uh, because there are some players we uh, we expecting to say goodbye to, but we're also hoping to replenish the roster with a little more firepower because uh, it kind of sucks when you're depleted and beat up and hurt and going through like a hundred games in the span of like 20 hours. It's just, it sucks. Don't forget duty.
1: Don't forget duty
0: international duty. That's right. Aaron long was a part of that on behalf of LAFC today in the United States is one to one draw against Jamaica at soldier field in Chicago. Uh, we could certainly use Mamadou Fall. It would be fantastic to have him as a starter, a depth piece, whatever. But I, I'm i not 100% confident, confident that we're going to retain his services. I I, mm-hmm. I just don't believe that's the case. So, yeah, like you said, don't hold your breaths.
1: No, I think you and I are just talking in code to where we think, no, he's probably going to get loaned out or outright sold somewhere else. He, he is still an incredible commodity for this club. And I think that it's so weird to talk about people as commodities. I just don't Yeah, like you're it. making them
0: sound like like I- oil. Or I don't
1: like it, but I mean, our club buys and sells players, right? Like, I don't know how else to yeah. put it. Without, I just, I don't, I don't love
0: it. I don't know how to do it. Not. It is rather we, impersonal, obviously, but I mean, it, commodities I are important.
1: But we don't talk about it in another sport like that. So I just, you know, I got to get my American fandom head wrapped around calling someone a commodity. I don't know. I hate it. I don't like it, but whatever. Uh,
0: you meant your orange juice. I just called <laughs> oh, you a commodity.
1: Uh, I got, oh yeah. Orange juice. That's a fun game. Um, what was that called again? What's that game we were playing with the cards?
0: Oh, um, the the pit or something like that. Pit. Yeah, pit. Yeah. yeah fun one. It's a, uh, a recreation like- of what it's like to be uh, on the, I guess in this case, it'd be the Chicago mercantile with those different types right. of commodities right. that get tra- traded. The New York mer- the New York commodities market is quite interesting, but that's mostly known for like oil futures and things of that nature. I think cocoa as well. Chicago's more known for like, you know, pork bellies and uh, and things of that nature.
1: And that's how you know we've gone off the rails so far on this podcast.
0: Well, at least I that's think. a little more fun to talk about than this freaking yeah, I
1: mean, it is, but you know what is fun to talk about? Aaron Long getting another U.S. men's national team cap. You brought it up. He started Much to the playing- chagrin
0: of a lot of U.S. MNT supporters. By the way, that U.S. MNT Twitter is like far more toxic than anything I've ever seen in the United States. It is ghastly yeah. going on U.S. MNT Twitter.
1: Yeah, it's almost as bad as going on LAFC Twitter after a pride match. Um, mm. Look, it's uh, Aaron Long started, played the first half 1-1 draw versus Jamaica in their Gold Cup action. So, congrats to Aaron Long for earning a cap. I hope your head is okay now. I don't even know, man. It's just gnarly. His uh, <laughs> and- ankle is better
0: because it certainly got broken on that set piece that led to Jamaica's first goal. Goodness. Yeah, that was
1: rough. I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring that up. But, yeah, uh, it did not look good for Aaron Long on there. And last thing, we don't really have it in our news and notes, but obviously all of you in the LAFC community are by now very aware of the new born raised drop that happened over the course of the last couple of days all
0: your wallets are lighter
1: oh my goodness you know i'll say this nina doesn't ask for much so when she she saw the sweatshirt and wanted it i'm more than happy to oblige. she uh, she tries very hard to take care of me so i you know try and, and do my best i did enjoy uh the duffel bag uh, that they came out with and of course my wallet is lighter because they came out with two scarves. Thanks guys. So uh, between those two scarves, between the uh, Laban LAFC, the Filipino heritage scarf between the, there there's an Armenian heritage night scarf that is absolutely beautiful. I was talking about it with Pat Uh, talking about just knocking it out of the park. I I hope that That the people people of Armenian heritage uh, enjoy that scarf as much as I will. Uh, But I'm, I'm, broke on scarves and i guess that's a hashtag first world problem i don't know Money, yes, money did.
0: money <laughs> must be funny in a rich man's world
1: yeah let me know when that happens i can't wait for that uh if you keep that buying means- cars will never happen yeah right uh that being said let's get into the angels city minute uh they have a match tomorrow actually today uh 12 a.m on sunday june 25th we will be there against oh. the houston dash
0: yeah, doing so, the same exact thing that we did today, tomorrow, or today,
1: or whatever the hell day it is. I hear you. Uh, that's our Angel City Minute. Uh, real quick on LAFC 2. Want to give some props to LAFC 2. Their massive win for LAFC 2. 3-1 to one over the Whitecaps 2. If only we could have won against Whitecaps 1. Uh, Christian Diaz got the scoring started in the 39th minute and a pair of goals for and Suba, the first ever brace in club history with each being assisted by the way, by Christian Torres Uh, that finished the job three, one and LAFC two was able to get their second win on the road of their maiden voyage. Their next match is also on the road against North Texas SC, which is as Philly likes to say, FC ribeye steaks, uh, MLS Next Pro team on July 2nd. So good luck to the boys in LAFC2 as they head out to the da- the greater Dallas area, I guess. Yeah, yeah Frisco
0: baby. Area. Speaking Frisco. of LAFC2 scarf, I yeah. uh I highly recommend y'all check out uh, Ryan Ayub's uh, Instagram, follow his story. Our Ayub official, he's, uh, he's the LAFC2 player. That's a part of this uh, red and gold partnership with Bayern Munich. He's currently in Argentina right now competing on behalf of Bayern Munich uh, in their like little like world travel squad for like U19s and whatnot. Like, we spoke about that earlier. Check it out. I mean, this is the first example of the, uh, the benefits of this red and gold partnership. And he was sporting the captain's armband and uh, in one of the more recent posts that I saw. So seeing this kid having rock black and gold colors and now seeing him in the black and red and white of Bayern Munich is pretty darn cool. So make sure you check him out, give him some love. I mean, this is a, this is a big deal for this kid. It's, it's quite fun, quite
1: exciting to watch. I mean, can you imagine uh, everything that he's going through right now with Bayern and and the the LAFC two having his Incredible. first professional minutes, and then he goes to the Bayern World Team, and now he gets to play. It's such a cool thing, man. Ryan, congratulations, brother. He's such a, a, a calm, well spoken kid too. That was fun. Uh, all right, what do you think? You ready?
0: Yeah, the breakdown uh, of of our breakdown against Vancouver. Let's do it, yeah. get it over with, and uh, butterfly look, the hell out of this weekend.
1: Look, here is the deal: Not butterfly,
0: goldfish the hell out of this weekend. Goldfish, I I was get butterfly.
1: butterfly I don't know. Uh, maybe from the the pride bandana they gave out today, there were butterflies on the pride bandana. It was beautiful. Uh, look, we came in with every reason to be optimistic. Number one, this was a Vancouver club that was out a ton of guys because of international duty, Julian Gressel, Ali Ahmed, and Javane Brown, all on international duty, Russell Tybert, who's out with a knee issue. He's like the longest tenured player in MLS, I think, with their single team right now. And he's been he's kind of old man breaking down a little bit and unfortunately questionable and a player who we would not see was the former teammate of Carlos Vela's. That, of course, would be one Tristan Blackman. So you're talking about a team out Julian Gressel, who's very, very good. Ali Ahmed, excellent defender. Javain Brown, Tristan Blackman, Russell Tybert. And you're thinking, all right, so wait, they're out all these guys. And, and we've played them twice this season, once at home and once on the road. And shellacked them both times, three, nothing. While honestly playing downhill for like an entire 180 minutes, just as Philly likes to say, uh, laying the shebang bang down on Vancouver. Every reason, Philly, to be optimistic. Oh, and by the way, coming to BMO Stadium, they've had four losses and three draws in their history at whatever was called the bank or BMO. It doesn't matter. They've never beaten us. Seven match. I mean, come on. Every reason to be optimistic. And LAFC <sighs> coming into this with a two-game win streak? <sighs>
0: no, yeah. I mean, every reason to be optimistic, but uh, two of their most deadliest weapons... We're still on the pitch in that of Brian White and Ryan Gould, and uh, we will hear their names a couple of times. But this is a team that also has been somewhat well-rested. They did originally have a match scheduled on June the 21st against Colorado in Dick's Sporting Goods Park. But that was a match that was postponed due to crazy, crazy weather, something that we never experienced in the City of Angels. Uh, their most recent match, scarf, June the 10th, they drew a very tough FC Cincinnati team. The fact that they walked out of that with a draw speaks volumes. They did hadn't lost said. a game since May 27th when St. Louis beat them three to one impressive, devastating win against the Houston dynamo at six to two. So did, did while we were kind say, of slap happy, silly yesterday, I did mention that Vancouver's a much better team than we give them credit for.
1: Did you just say their most recent game was June 10th? They had 15 days off. What is that like? What is that like to have fifteen days off? I don't know. Or fourteen days off, I should say. It was the twenty fourth. I feel like, and again, we'll talk about this. July is not going to get much better, y'all. Uh, I feel like this whole Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. You're just telling me they played June tenth, and then they played June twenty fourth. I, I hate you, Vancouver. I hate you. Yeah, and I you drove did. up. To, I drove up to see you guys up there at BC Place. It was, that was just that
0: was dumb.
1: Listen, I love me a Tim Hortons uh Boston cream donut. That was
0: fantastic. Yeah, me too, but I'd rather fly to one than drive to one.
1: Yeah, maybe look it was fun. I can say I did it, right? Check that one off the old dummy bucket list. Uh all right. So Philly, I think <laughs> I think we should talk about LAFC and the players that they would be missing, injury, uh international duty, I don't know what was going on with the game day operator before oh, the match. We thought we were missing some other players. And, and by the way, I just want everybody to know, I think the uh, Anaheim Angels have stopped scoring. I think they, <laughs> they're they done. I think i think they only got to 25 before their game ended i looked up in the fifth and we were in founders club and they have the tvs i look up it's 23 to nothing and i almost spit out my beverage i was like wait that's baseball how do you get to?" Football
0: yeah sport? you turned around to let me know as if i've ever given a damn about the anaheim angels but that was a really interesting thing to
1: hear about you <laughs>
0: turned around it's like yo the angels are up and i'm, I'm hearing the angels are up and I, I just about tuned you out i'm like why do i care and then i heard the number you spat out and i was like damn i can't believe that. that's the score
1: I couldn't do that in a video game. I love it. Mike Trout went three for three, and they were like, all right, that's enough. We're taking it. Didn't like O'Connor
0: go go like one for seven or something? Yeah. Two guys
1: went five for five. Two guys. Two guys in the same game. I wonder how many games had two guys going five. Anyways. Back to football. (laughs) We're off on a tangent. Philly, LAFC. Who are they missing? What's going on? Uh, Aaron Long, we've referred
0: to the fact that he was uh, in Chicago playing on behalf of the U.S. men's national team. So we knew he was not going to be there. Uh, Kellen Acosta, still out, unfortunately. Uh, Jesus David Mourinho, uh, hurt, unfortunately, and still going to be a little while before uh, he comes back. Sergey Palencia, obviously, same story. Maxime Cripo. Uh The good news is, is he's in practice and he's taking uh, he's taking full-on shots. So we might not be that far off from seeing Maxime Crepeau. Uh, back, back in our lineup. So yeah. good, good on that. Um, who, well, who that's going to be a team? fun
1: conversation, right? Uh, <laughs> Maxime Cropot, John McCarthy. We're, we're not there yet. We're not going to have it today, but no, ready, we're not though. there
0: yet. But yeah, like, uh, like you said, we're, uh, I'm sitting in my seats in founders club, just kind of decompressing before the start of the match. Cause we'd been there already for like what? 12 hours. It seems. Well, you anyway, me a little less, but still long, sunny day on the board. It said no, Daniel Maldonado, no cheeky Palacios, uh, and, and no, Murray. And well, we knew about Moody, but but Chiki all three, pa- of,
1: but all three of them said disciplinary infractions.
0: Yeah. So it's like, did they get in trouble? They do something naughty, get on Steve's bad list, and that's what would have been the case until Steve realized, oh poop, I have no one. I I, I don't know. I do know that Cheeky Palacios going in this matches at least one more yellow card away from a suspension. So fortunately, Cheeky didn't have a hot head today. But fortunately, we had him. Uh, I, I discussed this with a uh, with a certain front office person from LAFC and he came back and said, where did you get that bad intel? And I'm like, you're game day up, Steph. Right. So that's uh, that's who we had missing for LAFC. Yeah.
1: And uh, I mean, we haven't had a wait what moment in a while, but Philly, I think we're going to get to it when you go through your lineup for LAFC. Let's get into first Ooh. Vancouver. Uh, we talk about uh, Vancouver. Sorry, I
0: pulled a Prince Valium from Spaceballs just there.
1: <laughs> what Where that? are you going? <laughs> Password is 12345. Anyways, uh, head coach for Vancouver, Vanny Sartini. And look, since Vanny Sartini has come over, Vancouver has played better. They are fine. They are a middle-of-the-pack club, and they played like a top-of-the-pack club today. They came out in a 3-1-4-2, and they did so because they did not have Tristan Blackman. So they went with a very different formation. Uh, Obviously, again, we talked about no Julian Gressel as well as a big one for them. Uh, So in goal, they've kind of switched a little bit back and forth at times with Thomas Assal. But lately, he has played much, much better than he did, at least against us, for a handful of matches. Yohei Takaoka, who came over from Yokohama in the J-League Uh, Look, I didn't think he was very good when we saw him in the two matches against us because he wasn't very good, but he has since righted the ship. I think he is much more comfortable. Uh, He is really acclimated to Major League Soccer life. Not that Vancouver is a difficult situation to acclimate to, but, you know, might be different. I don't know, but he's played much, much better. As of late, the three on the back line, Matthias Laborda, the 23-year-old Uruguayan who was teammates with, uh, not too long ago anyway, Luis Suarez and Pancho Ginela at Nacional just recently. Uh, also defender Renko Veselinovic, the Serbian national who was capped all the way up through the senior team. I think he has two caps for Serbia. And defender Luis Marten, the 31-year-old uh, Portuguese player who last played with Sporting Kansas City. In the midfield, Andres Cubas, 27-year-old uh, Paraguayan with 13 caps with the national team. Also got to play for Boca Juniors for a while, so that's awfully fun. Midfielder Ryan Raposo, the 24-year-old Canadian who played collegiately at Syracuse. Midfielder oh. Alessandro Schopf, <laughs> sorry, 29-year-old Austrian, 32 caps, six goals for his national team. He came through the Bayern system, Philly, Alessandro Schopf, but never capped. For the senior club, he does have 143 caps with Schalke and 65 with Bayern 2. Midfielder Pedro Vite, the 21-year-old Ecuadorian, a fun little fact about Pedro Vite, Philly, he capped for the very first time for Ecuador four days ago, subbing on for Jose C. Fuentes in a 3-1 win over Costa Rica. So a little LAFC connection sort of with the always on the ground for some reason, Pedro Vite. Midfield. Oh,
0: what a frustrating player he was to watch. He
1: was so frustrating to watch. Uh, midfielder Ryan Gold, 27-year-old Scottish player who came through the sporting CP system in Portugal. He did have a handful of caps for them, but he's been with Vancouver since 2021. Forward Brian White, the American longtime Red Bull player and former gross Duke Blue Devil. And Sergio <laughs> Cordova, the forward from Venezuela, formerly of RSL and Augsburg, who has 14 caps, excuse me, 16 caps for his national team. The only players of note, really, in the eighteen are Simon Becher, Daber Caicedo, and Philly's favorite, Sebastian Berhalter.
0: Well, I don't have a problem with Sebastian. I don't really even have a problem with his dad. Uh, I, obviously, I no. like many people think. No. Yeah, I have a big. I have a problem with his dad. I <laughs> forget. It, I don't want to get into this whole Berhalter conversation. I, I'm I'm as uh, shocked as most of you all that he's the coach for the U S men's national team, all those resources, all that time, a, a third party. And we still have Burr halter. Uh, just, I can't, I know. Let's just move along.
1: I thought let's you were going to get into it. What happened?
0: No, nah, I don't want to get into this. I mean, all like, right. we are, we already waste too much time on this pod. anyway.
1: Listen, we've, we've got our wait What moment coming. And we haven't had that for quite a while. So I'm excited. Here we go.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm going it's through you, the lineup right yeah. now. No, that's fair. Nice. Nice queue up. All right. So uh, a couple right. of interesting uh, additions to the LAFC lineup. And this might be a wait, what moment for y'all? But I, I wasn't too entire, I wasn't too surprised, and I'll mention that uh, momentarily. But in between the pipes, the man who has been a a key piece to our team this season, a man who ended up with six saves, tying his career high uh, thus far this season, uh, John McCarthy. In the back, Ryan Holling said, Maldonado, Ilie Sanchez. There's your wait. What, what moment? Uh, more on that in a second. And Chiki Palacios. Thankfully, man. Like when we saw that he was out, disciplinary stuff on the board. <laughs> I about had a damn heart attack. Uh, in the midfield, Jose Cifuentes, Daniel Cristostomo, and Mati Bogush, who I would say is uh, getting better and better with each and every match yes, that sir. he wears the black and gold jersey. And up top, Carlos Vela, Denis Buanga, Shtipe Biuk. Uh, if we're gonna talk about players of note, we'll talk about the subs that came into the game: Giorgio Chiellini, Quadwo Mahala Opoku. Welcome, Suruk. Had Timothy Tillman. He came back. Uh, and Eric Duenias. Of course, we had the youngins there: Julian Gaines, uh, Diego Rosales, Nathan Ordaz, Christian Torres, Eldon Yakupovich was there as well. Uh, but they did not feature. So that's your LAFC lineup. Scarf. Not as much of a wait. What moment for me? Having like done my homework and research and seen him play on Sporting Kansas City, Elias Sanchez defenders had played in this role. Often during his time towards the tail end of his career under Peter Vermees at Sporting Kansas City, with a roster decimated by so much injury, the wheels were taken off of Ilya Sanchez having to do all these different things. Go from his unnatural position in the midfield all the way back uh, playing as a defender. I mean, he's no stranger to that role, y'all, but he certainly looked a little strange being back there. And uh, we'd like for him to continue being a stranger back there because we prefer him in the midfield. Not a great outing for Ilias Sanchez in the back.
1: Look, there are plenty of other reasons why they scored three goals on us today. It definitely wasn't just Ilias Sanchez. But hindsight being 2020, when you have a player like Julian Gaines available, for example, I'll just throw Julian Gaines out there for a quick minute. And you have a player like Ryan Hollingshead who has experience at center back as well. We've tried it this year. Look, it didn't go great. I get it, right? I I just, after after what we saw today, I think we might have to go back to the drawing board. You're right. You're right. Several years ago, Ilya Sanchez did play center back for... Yeah, but two on the tires of tread that ilia sanchez has it seems like a little bit more than two five uh, all right. <laughs> there you go uh, i just look it's one of those that hindsight being 2020 maybe we don't ever do that again uh what was nice though philly before we actually get into the match one last thing if you don't mind uh ollie ollie did not almost fly away tonight Ollie had her normal great couple pad, tried to take Ken's head off right at first, which was kind of fun for us to watch because we know Ken uh, don't yawn, but uh, watching Ollie have his or her regular flight tonight was, uh, I know at least for Panda, especially she, she had far less palpitations to start this match. Don't worry. We gave you plenty during the match, but uh, far less watching Ollie have her flight this time.
0: I think we had a bet going what the over and under would be on the flight time. I bet over two minutes. Scarf said under. I nice, said I'll right. figure it out. Uh, a minute and five seconds is how long Ali was in the air for, give or take. When okay. you decided to start the timer after she left, uh, the Falconer of the day. But what, what do I win? What do you win? Um, okay. Another day conversing with me. was about All that? Right. that that's it. a win for most people, I'd say.
1: Look, we almost got a win very early on in the match. First minute, uh, Denny Bawanga trying to do his best to uh, beat Boguch's uh, fast goal record there, but his chip a little too high there in the first minute. You know, we're getting settled. We are uh, gearing up for a corner kick by Ryan Galt over on the opposite side of the north end there. And, and look, we've run this very same play to success with Ryan Hollingshead and others that near post rush the header goes to the back post and look uh, as as much as people are saying well john mccarthy was completely flat-footed and this and that john was about to get to that ball and three minutes in philly three minutes in we're down one nothing
0: it was uh, pretty crazy. This is the second consecutive game where we normally do the Instagram lives and catch everything from the tr- from Nick playing the trumpet to the starting lineups and all that other stuff. Second consecutive game where I didn't even have enough time to upload to Instagram before a goal was scored. Last time around, it was pretty cool. It was LAFC scoring. This time, unfortunately, it was the Vancouver Whitecaps. And you said it, Veselinovich, Ranko, we'll just call him Ranky, uh, steps back, and with Daniil Maldonado bodying him, connects with a beautiful header that stuns yeah not only John McCarthy but all of us as well and while it might have been credited for get being in the third minute it technically was at a minute and 55 seconds and with that that's the fifth fastest goal scored against LAFC all time in MLS regular season and Vancouver off to an awesome beginning 1 to nothing which changed their motivation and the entire game Vancouver In the previous two outings against us, we kicked the crap out of them. I mean, not to sound overly technical, but I mean, we outscored them six to nothing in the CCL matches, but they came in strong. Vanny Sartini had these kids firing on all cylinders, and a minute and 55 seconds in, we're down one nil.
1: Yeah, frustrating. Obviously, this was not the start that we wanted, but you know what? Plenty, plenty, plenty of time. Uh, we had in the fourth minute Jose C. Fuentes from the top of the box off a great pass from Mati Bogush. I appreciated C. Fuentes one timing this ball, giving a good look. It was a bender just over the top of the crossbar, moving to the right. It's about I, as close I, as he'd get. Yeah, but I like that look for Jose C. Fuentes. That's how we keep teams honest. If our midfielders, and it has been Jose C. Fuentes over the last couple of years, can take those shots and put them on or near frame, you have to account for them. What that often means then is maybe one of the back line has to step up or one of the midfielders has to step over, which creates more room. And what we used to see from Jose C. Fuentes is he was able to either make the pass off of creating that room or score a goal off of those type of shots. We have not seen that very much often uh, recently. Uh, in the eighth minute, I mean, what a beautiful play. Uh, I just loved Monty with the big switch across to Carlos Vela and his pass center of the box to a cutting Jose C. Fuentes again. Oh,
0: yeah, that's the closest he would get uh, My Monday. Yeah,
1: Jose C. Fuentes being deadly, deadly in the box. Look, would I like to have him, had him put it anywhere other than right at the keeper? Sure. But what you're seeing in the first eight minutes now is Vancouver knows. Okay, they have Vela. They have Bawanga, but I got to watch out for this Monty Bogush kid because he's putting the ball exactly where he needs to. And we definitely have to start accounting for Jose C. Fuentes. And I I loved it. I did not love, unfortunately, the ninth minute. A couple
0: of shots uh, going in the direction of one John McCarthy. And the more uh, deadly of the plays was uh, when Sergio Cordova kind of sauntered through uh, I actually, I'm in the eighth minute. No, wait, hold on. Yes, I'm in so, the ninth minute. Sergio Cordova sauntered in between Daniil and Ilié and the soccer gods were clearly on our side because mm. that was an easy easy look for cordova uh he had a couple of them in the seventh minute was one the ninth minute was the other one uh that could have been an easy goal we could have easily have been down two nil at that point and i had no idea how cordova ended up missing that was a play that i'm i highlighted in my notes this is going to be something that's going to haunt the vancouver whitecaps i was that confident that we are getting in the game Cordova was certainly aggressive all throughout this game, but he's going to be having nightmares, and uh, he's going to be punching himself for the missed opportunities he had. The seventh was a good one just to the right of McCarthy, but he uh, missed to to the left of McCarthy on the ninth minute, and that should have been two to nothing.
1: Yeah, Sergio Cordova, since he has come over to Vancouver, he hasn't scored a goal for them yet. And they like to play oftentimes with two forwards up top. And for a player like Cordova to not have scored a goal for them yet, you're kind of seeing why uh, he he got a case of the Brian Rodriguez's on that last shot. I mean, should have absolutely put it on frame. It, it's got to be a little frustrating if you're Vanny Martini. But if you're an LAFC Vanny Martini. Van, 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 what did I say? Vanny uh, Martini. You Vandy said Vanny Martini. Martini. Vanny, Sart- Vanny Martini is what I No, I'm no, this order. is what
0: you wanted after today's game a martini. A I dirty, i pick ass that Olive Martini. I could totally go for one of those right now.
1: I dislike olives with the passion of a thousand suns. No, You're thank you. You're a communist. I-, <laughs> I am not, but I appreciate that. Uh, luckily. <laughs> Uh, I, I put this in my notes. I kind of put it in a mean way, so I feel bad, but I'll say it anyway. I was so glad it was Ryan Raposo and not a player that plays soccer well uh, when that shot goes right at John McCarthy, given way too much space and other players will be able to put that where there isn't a keeper. But luckily, right at John McCarthy, uh, Ilie pops the ball up. This time we lose the area. I'll we'll have to deflect it out for a corner. Uh, luckily, it was Carlos Vela who did a decent job to defend the corner. In the 15th minute Philly, I loved this ball. It was an over-the-top ball from Jose C Fuentes to Carlos Vela. And afterwards, Carlos turned right back around to C Fuentes and gave him a thumbs up, but also told him to maybe put the ball inside a little bit for him. But I-, I liked, look, this is I'm gonna get heat for it. That's fine. But at least through the first 15 minutes, you guys, I liked the way Jose C Fuentes was playing. Through the first 15 minutes, I liked it. After that. After
0: that, not so much. Yeah, no, through the first 15, yeah, you were right. I mean, it was too much of a touch for, for Vela to make. But yeah, Sifu was operating on, on on positivity and some really good cylinders at that point. Uh, 16th minute, Vancouver, just another nice build up cross into the box and Brian White, simple header right into John McCarthy. Brian White, Ryan Gould, two most deadly players for Vancouver, the yeah. players that we needed to watch. Had we done a proper one more sleep, would have mentioned those players as our players to watch. And the passing and the connection in between all of the white caps was solid. They were aggressive. They were fast. They were crisp. Uh, they were great, man. They clogged all of our passing lanes. They, they made it extremely tough for us to like build out of the midfield without them creating it, without like, you know, a turnover. It was just. They played so freaking well, but you know we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Nineteenth minute, Cheeky had a nice ball into Mate, who heads it, but but nobody was around there. It was a great opportunity for LAFC at that point, but if nobody's crashing into the box, nothing's going to happen. Twentieth minute, Vela with a heck of a pass, um, but Mate again heads it softly into the hands of Takaoka. And then we have a unfortunate scenario in which we find ourselves with the back our backs against the wall, and uh, courtesy of two players who I'd already mentioned a couple of times.
1: Yeah, look again, Elie is not the only reason why we lost this match, but this was kind of a tough one. He got isolated against a player he's just not going to win an aerial against. That would be Brian White, Pedro Vite though. It all starts with Pedro Vite. He gets the uh, steal from one Jose Fuentes gets the mm-hmm. turnover, takes it right from Sifu and a beautiful pass to spring Sergio Cordova. Cordova to his left to Ryan Gauld And look, you got to hand it to a player like Ryan Gauld who can put that cross right on the head of Brian white. I-, I don't know that Ilya could ever win that aerial. I, I don't know what was going on with John's footwork. I watched that play a couple of different times and I'm still not sure He kind of came out with an extra step and then couldn't get back. Although I don't know, it was such a good angle on the header. I don't know that he gets to it anyway. Plus, plus as Brian White goes to head it down, it kind of takes a deflection off like the top of Illy's head. So maybe it gave it a little bit more of a tough angle. There's just so many things about that goal that were frustrating because it seemed like a fairly obvious and innocuous play. You say, okay, these guys are going 1v1 in the box. John's got everything in front of him. Maybe he'll get a little bit of help. Just, uh, it seemed, I don't know. Am I wrong when I say it seemed kind of like a soft goal, but they did have numbers going forward. I don't know, Philly. I don't know how to feel about that goal. I, I mean, mean I'm, I'm pissed about it, but that's about it.
0: I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, Elias Sanchez got, got dunked on. Uh, Brian White doing his best. Gareth Bale in the MLS Cup final impersonation. Uh, it was... You know Elier was backtracking. He wasn't in that position. It was a great header, and it was a high header, too, man. Like you saw that sucker float in the air for a while, hitting that top corner. It was it was a beautiful header, just unfortunately, you know they they gave us such a textbook counter. And you're right. I mean, Cifuentes getting dispossessed. And I feel shortly after that, that's when his game took a toll, going the reverse direction because, as you said, the first fifteen minutes, he was pretty solid with a lot of his attempts and his passing. But to find ourselves down two to nothing against a team that hadn't scored on us all season, a team that's never won in BMO, just a frustrating state of affairs. And you can see the frustration on the team as as Daniel Crisostomo gets stripped of the ball 25th minute and he immediately goes for that tactical foul, earning himself a yellow. I mean, that was a pure uh microcosm of the frustration we were all feeling right within that twenty fifth minute. It just it looked ugly for LAFC.
1: Yeah. You know, and then we kind of hit that lull in the first half. Not a whole ton going on, I don't think, for the next five, ten minutes or so. Uh we did get a yellow to Ryan Raposo for like stepping in front of a throw in, delaying the game. I don't know what the yellow was for I think it was for delay. That's what they wound up calling for being it for. from
0: Syracuse. <laughs>
1: For cases that you guys don't know, Philly is a Hoosier, and I have been a supporter. I never went to, but I've been a supporter of Syracuse Orangemen for quite some time, which is why Philly has a little bit of a disdain. Don't worry. I don't like Ryan Raposo either. I don't care that he's from Syracuse. I don't like him. Uh, That being said, 39th minute, Denny Bawanga able to turn the corner, and we thought, all right, here comes Denny, turns the corner. I don't know if it was a cross. I don't know if it was a shot. I don't know what it was, but nothing happened, so that was a little frustrating, Uh, You got Carlos Vela getting absolutely hammered, uh, shoved for a hard foul. The free kick cycled around. Unfortunately, nothing really happens. And Philly, I don't know what Sergio Cordova was thinking in the 43rd minute, but Ilya got caught 1v1 versus Sergio Cordova. And what we saw happen a couple of times in this match, and this, again, is nervous time if you got somebody like Ilya Sanchez back there at center back, Cordova with the ball on his foot, just ran away from Ilié, who did not have a ball on his foot. <laughs> and and I don't know why Cordova chose to pass that ball back through to the middle Philly instead of taking that shot, 1v1. But we got lucky, once again, that's the second time that Sergio Cordova is doing his best that he can to keep us in this game.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't his play that made us really nervous because in the forty-third minute, there's a big shot on J Mac by Schuff. Uh Daniel Maldonado tried to clear it, but Chuff had himself a really good look. Yeah. And at that point, John McCarthy's getting his, his fourth save of the half. He's certainly keeping busy. Our back lines doing their best uh impersonation of a uh, of the Lincoln tunnel being completely wide open. J-Mac not being as bored in this game as he was in the second half of our previous match just a couple of days ago. Uh, that leads to a to, cor- to a corner for the Whitecaps. Uh, nothing transpires there. 44th minute, Mati with a nice touch in the box, but he didn't get enough foot on leather. Uh, Mati did play pretty well. But what happens shortly after that? We pull one back, Scarf. We absolutely pull one back, and it all starts with Daniel Crisostomo connecting in the Ryan Hollingshead. Hollingshead to Stipe. Stipe back to Ryan. Ryan slips in a novella, but as he's falling down, he slides the pass over into Stipe. Stipe with a cross. Uh, Hollingshead gets a boot on it, but that gets saved by Takaoka, and it just happens to, fortunately, Bounced in front of number 99, Denis Bawanga, who uh, casually looks at it and then smashes it home for his 11th goal of the season. We claw one back LAFC
1: two to one. We're back in this game. You're absolutely right. I thought that was going to be it for us. I really thought that that goal was going to be the catalyst for LAFC being able to come back. Look, I think if anything, it came at a bad time because all the momentum kind of stops once the halftime whistle is blown and two minutes of stoppage time, Carlos Vela fouled at the top of the box, Denny puts one right into the wall and unfortunately, that's pretty much it that happens at stoppage time. But we go into the half in what seemed like a very bleak turn of events. All of a sudden, you're thinking, all right, just need one now. Just need one to get right back in it. And, and look, the way that we were playing, we played much, much better over the last few minutes of that uh, first half. And I thought for sure, by the way, we'll make some changes. Maybe Giorgio comes in at the 45-minute mark for, I don't know, Ilié Sanchez. That didn't happen. Uh, I want to address that really quickly when we get to the substitution of Giorgio Chiellini coming into the match. So I won't get on it now. Uh, but Philly, I really thought, that going into the second half, we had a chance to turn things around. Uh, First half, uh, as far as I remember, stats weren't too terribly skewed in either direction, no?
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, the stats at the end of the first half for the opposing team, the opposing team being that of Vancouver, looked like something that would have been depressing uh, for a full, full game. Vancouver had 12 shots with seven on target after the whistle blew and everybody went in the locker room. 12 shots, seven on target. Uh, Like I said, John McCarthy was kept busy. We don't allow that many shots and that many on target by the opposing team over the course of a full 90, let alone 45. So that goes to show you how rough those first 45 minutes were. As far as we were concerned, Uh, Eight shots with five on target. So we had our opportunities. We only converted one of the times, whereas uh, Vancouver converted twice, and they could have converted three times. Their passing was a little better. We had a bit more uh, in terms of possession. Possession they had more of the set piece opportunities and we got burned on it and they also had more of the uh, the fouls they were playing they're playing quite physically as like you alluded to carlos vela being aggressively pushed down towards the end of the half and there were a lot of calls that were missed like we were getting manhandled but you know that's a that's a comment on the officiating and we already know how we feel about pro referees pro meaning pretty rancid officiating
1: yeah, it's going to be interesting, guys, when the eyes of the world are on these Inter Miami games and you're watching some of these referees and it's not going to be any good. So, imagine we'll like happened. the
0: uh the uh, the pressure the the, first, the referee, the first ref's going to have to like card like Messi when he comes in. Like will he have the uh the courage or she have the courage to card him? I, I don't know without getting starstruck. We shall see.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to be starstruck. It's going to be fun. 52nd minute. Let's get into the second half. A perfect cross from Denny Bawanga. But nobody was home on this absolutely beautiful cross. There's seemed like it was in between two players. Ball collected, cycled back around. Carlos gets to it. But his it was more like a toe poke than a shot. I don't know. And right at Takaoka. Takaoka's numbers are going to look a lot better than they actually should be, only because a lot of the shots went right at him. Whereas I think if you look at the degree of difficulty of John McCarthy's saves, it's going to look very different than the degree of difficulty of Takaoka's saves. Uh, Philly, I don't think I have seen a player put a ball higher up into the north end and I, I mean this lovingly, Denny Buwanga, but I don't think I've seen a player put a ball higher up into the north end than Denny Buwanga shot in the 55th minute.
0: I mean, it almost hit the north end terrace. In fact, it might have been elevated enough to to hit the north uh, end terrace. But you got to give credit where credit is due. Mati Bogush had a really good ball into Denny Bowanga. and yeah, yep. just a just a bit upstairs, uh, we can call it. But his Mati's passing. Solid today, man. Uh, we're going to talk about him with another solid play. I was really impressed with the uh, with the the young, in this case, midfielder, Denny Buonga? Well, it's nice that he uh, he cured his. Four-game scoreless streak. We were wondering when Denny would put one in. And look, anytime Denny scores, like there's a darn good shot that we're going to win. He's been one of our most lethal offensive weapons all season long. He is number two in Major League Soccer right now with goals. behind Two behind Hani Mukhtar. But uh, yeah, way off the mark there. But... I will applaud the man for taking the effort. I would rather see somebody taking shots, getting them blocked, missing, than just sitting there trying to look for the pass and just being dispossessed.
1: Yeah, look, 58th minute. Denis also, his beautiful cross, gave us a corner kick. Carlos Vela takes the corner, and it goes right. And I mean right to the feet of Jose C. Fuentes. He, he at least looked to take the one-timer, but his shot was deflected, although I think he pulled it back right and tried to get another touch on it. I think he's just got to one-time that. I think he also might have been surprised that nobody else touched it and it just came right down to his feet. But this was one of the times that we are going to say, like, I, just, I don't understand how a, a more solid attempt, a more quality touch doesn't happen with this ball in and around the box. Unbelievable. Uh, Philly, 64th minute. I just feel bad. I feel bad that I'm kind of harping on Ilie a little bit, but it's often unfortunate deflection as Ilie tried to clear the ball. I'm not harping on Ilie for this particular play, but the ball gets popped up to Pedro Vite, and look, Ilie one v one knows that Pedro Vite is faster than him. He had already been beat by Cordova. He knows Pedro Vite is 21 years old and just made his first cap for his national team. This is a player on the rise. Ilie Sanchez is not a player who is going to be faster tomorrow than he was today. It's just (laughs) not going to happen. So the ball gets popped up to Vite, and he crosses a a beautiful cross, by the way, back to Cordova. Can we talk about the save that John McCarthy made? I mean, come on. There's a couple reasons why Cordova can't score. One is he just couldn't find target. But this ball, Cordova... John has to come all the way out, makes himself big, beautiful save. The rebound finds Gold and Philly, he doesn't take it right away. So I thought, okay, we're able to set some things up. We'll see what happens. And Ryan Gold goes five hole on John McCarthy right between the wickets. Just And Ilya got there just a little late getting to the back line. It's just, I was so frustrated with this goal. 3-1, we're down in the 64th minute.
0: No, frustrating, so frustrating. But uh, Cordova, despite having that shot saved by John McCarthy, look, he got into the box and he he absolutely shaked and baked Daniil Maldonado to clear himself up that yeah. room and that look. Had Daniil not been smoked like a brisket on that, then McCarthy like, wouldn't have had an issue there. But Cordova absolutely just puts Daniil Maldonado in his pocket. And yeah, Ryan Gold scoring that game. It's, it's his fourth straight game in which he's scoring. You say, I said this on One More Sleep. The guy, when, when you're on a three-game scoring streak or any kind of like a, a streak of that nature, you're going to come up big and you're going to be hungry for more goals. And the two players that we said to watch out for, Brian White, Ryan Gold, the two players that were important in the absence of Brown, Ahmed, and of course, Gressel. Have their team up three to one, and I'm just I'm stunned, shocked, disappointed, outraged, perplexed, disgusted. How are the hell are we down three one to the Vancouver friggin whitecaps?
1: Look, uh, you give up three goals at home, and look, Steve was the first one to say it, right? If you give up three goals at home, doesn't matter how you play, you don't deserve to win. And that was certainly hard to argue. With the way that we played today, uh, look. That that being said, 68th minute rolls around and, and we have life breathed into us once again. Philly, I want to want to talk about the 66th minute real quick before we go in to the 68th minute goal. I haven't been able to go back and watch the play on the telecast or with any replays or whatever. The the handball no call. I asked our good friend Vince Larosa. Uh, if you guys are not following at Vince the Rose, you need to be following Vince LaRosa. He is a brilliant human who writes wonderfully for and about Los Angeles Football Club, among other things. Please, uh, first of all, hashtag hire Vince. Second of all, follow at Vince the Rose. He's awesome. I, I turn to him and I go, you know, Vince, I, I don't know what a handball is anymore. And he looked at me and he goes, No one does. It's okay. Huh. No one does. So I don't feel as bad anymore. Uh, I don't feel like I'm at least Ted Lasso when it comes to the offside rule, when it comes to handball rules for, for scarf here. So I'll take it. I don't know. Philly, do you have thoughts on whether that was a handball or not? Have you been able to watch the replay? Cause I have not.
0: Uh, the beauty of sitting where I sit is I have a lovely wife who has her phone with her just mm-hmm. to pull up the Apple TV and and go back with its beautiful on demand streaming capability. It's fun to keep your phone on you. I mean, I'm taking notes diligently all throughout the course of a 90-minute match. She's got her phone on standby just for these plays. Uh, My naked eye on that little iPhone screen uh, clearly saw a handball. Unfortunately, the officials, the actual people we needed to see the handball, did not see it. And I mean, for that not to be the case, look what? it, It hits another body part, then the hand. Then it's not a handball unless it's in a goal-scoring opportunity. I, I just, I, I don't know anymore, man. I just this inconsistency, this inability to actually see it via a a capable VAR technological service. I, I just don't like that. I, I really, and I've been saying this all season long. I really wish we had the VAR co- capability and ability to watch it the way we we see uh, things on like Peacock and and all the other stations that carry Premier League mm-hmm. matches. I wish we had that in major league soccer. It would help me understand and see things far better than I do.
1: Listen, we got to get that messy money going. Once we get messy in here, we got that messy money. Get that Look. messy money. We we saw what happened when bank of California stadium got that BMO money. All of a sudden it became BMO. They got that fancy gate there and the players parking lot. They got a couple other things taken care of real quick on the outside. We got to get that messy money, get those extra cameras in there because Lord knows they're going to want a triple slow-mo and, and, and fast frame and and all kinds of fun stuff. What they're doing with Lionel Messi when he starts playing. So I think they might just have a messy cam like you can watch on Apple TV. There'll be the, the English broadcast. There'll be the Spanish broadcast and there'll just be the messy cam. It'll be no nobody <laughs> talking. It'll just be one camera. Following Lionel Messi the entire match. Even I'm if pretty on- sure
0: there is something out there called the Messi can, but it might not be something we could talk about on a family-friendly pod.
1: Ooh, see, you went there with it. All right, let's of course, get back to the course, my like-
0: head went there. I'm sure plenty of <laughs> other people's did as well.
1: I apologize for my friend Christian Philly Philemon.
0: Oh, 16- whatever. I'm just reiterating what the millions.
1: And millions? We're, were thinking,
0: or at least the thousands. And? Several? Uh, yeah, sure.
1: Sixty eighth minute, Carlos Vela from Mati Bogush. Uh, look, it, it's helpful when the defender falls down. That that is one way to make it much easier to score a goal. And down when defender, goes Ranko. No, 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 that was Martin, wasn't it? I think it was Luis Martin. Down but, goes Martens. Yeah, it's uh, he was kind of tracking back to clear this ball and just and just slipped. And I'll say this: it's one thing to have your defender slip; it's another thing to be able to then collect the ball. Make one good soft touch and then make a beautiful cross to one Carlos Vela and Mati Bogush. Man, kid, you said it. Any game that I watch him play, I can tell you how he's gotten better from the game before it. This is certainly one of those. The passing touch, what we are seeing from Mati Bogush, he is developing into a stud of a player right now. Fun to watch. And I got to hand it to the old man Carlos Vela. Look, El Rey. Got his footwork right just in time, a little stutter step, was able to pop that ball up and into the goal. It was a wide open goal because of the pass from Mati. I just, the entire play was beautiful. Oh. The entire play was absolutely beautiful. And Carlos Vela brings us back within one goal. And you're thinking, all right, we got 22 minutes, Philly, 22 minutes to make it happen.
0: Yeah, but mother or father or whatever parental you want to use, time wasn't in our favor. But yes, Mati jumping on that like a great white wood, seeing any bit of blood in the water. Carlos Vela, for a lot of the flack people have given him on social media, scores his sixth goal of the season, ninth in all competitions, six goals, five assists. And we're still complaining that he's having an awful season. <laughs> we're freaking spoiled if we're complaining that he's having an awful season, but he, um, Him and Denny, I think that's the first time uh, this season that they've both scored in the same game. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. I'd have to go back to double-check the notes. But with 22 minutes and the momentum shifting in our favor, this, at the very least,
1: is going to turn out to be a dramatic tie. Right, Scarf? (sighs) Nope. Uh, 71st minute. Danny Buonga with a low cross to Carlos Vela saved by Takaoka for a corner. That was it. We had the momentum going. And then I think, you know, again, I hate to second guess some of what was going on today. The substitutions, I had no problem with Eric Duenas coming in for Danny Crisostomo. No problem with Mahala coming in for Stipe Butte because I don't think Stipe had a very good game, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he was at least as deadly as we might have wanted him to be. So I got an assist
0: to Ryan Hollingshead scarf. He did. I hear you. Yeah.
1: I just, I just don't think he was as deadly as often as we would like him to be. Stipe is not
0: Brian Rodriguez. Y'all Stipe is a is a TAM player, not a DP making about uh, a 600,000 or so less than Brian. I just want to reiterate that. Can't have the same expectations or comparisons with Brian.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Giorgio Chiellini on for Mati Bogush. Now, as much as I absolutely wanted to see Giorgio Chiellini into the match, I was a little surprised it was for Mati Bogush because I think what Mati was able to do in terms of his playmaking ability. So I don't, I, I don't know how to juggle the subs. I don't know how to make the lineup work, but what I'm saying is Mati Bogush seemed to be deadly almost every single time he touched the ball. I really appreciated his efforts going forward. Uh, I know Giorgio obviously is the better option than Ilya Sanchez out there at center back. So what they did was they moved Mahala. He stayed up. Uh, Eric Duenas, uh stays up for Danny. So that's a like for like sub. Same thing with Mahala. Uh, but the unlike for like sub is Giorgio Chiellini coming on for Mati Bogus, which allows Ilya Sanchez to move to his normal and natural position in the midfield, which was so much better for us. Uh, that being said, unfortunately, now we're down to 18 minutes left and still nothing on the board more for LAFC.
0: No, but what I the the bonus, the thing I'd say, like the silver lining, other than the fact that the boys found themselves down and tried to grind it uh, into the match, uh, we finally have the return of Timothy Tillman. And gather around, students. This is German time with Philly. Repeat after me, Scarf.
1: Willkommen? Willkommen. Suruk. Suruk.
0: Herr Tillman. Herr Tillman. Willkommen Suruk Herr Tillman.
1: Willkommen Suruk Herr Tillman.
0: Yeah, that means welcome back, Mr. Tillman in Germany. That was a bright no. We've surely been missing his presence in the midfield. Until Mati, uh, you know, starts to prove us a little otherwise, I still think Timothy Tillman, our most important signing thus far in the offseason, until hopefully... After July 1st, but it was really nice seeing him get into the game. He didn't really get too much into the game. A couple of tap pass uh taps and touches here, but uh he, he finds himself into the game. 83rd minute, Denny with a nice pass to Sifu, who uh <laughs> talk about off of the mark. Yeah, Sifu booted it not towards the north end, not in the direction of Takaoka but in the direction of Figueroa, not the club, the street. It was that (laughs) off the mark. Look, I've loved me some Jose C. Fuentes. He has been a key part uh, of our success over the past couple of years. But when it comes to him being an offensive threat in the final third, unless he's dishing it and collecting himself a dime, he is not a threat as a goal scorer. If I'm Takaoka or or, or or anybody else, Tyler Miller, anybody else, hell, if I was Kenneth Vermeer, I would not be afraid of Jose C. Fuentes getting the ball in the final third. He's just not precise, and he's not a good finisher. You said it the first 15 minutes of this game. He was a lot closer on the target, but when you boot a ball in a Figueroa that way, tchoo, I don't even think I'd miss that bad in a play like that. I just... Jose Cifuentes has had like moments, like half seasons where he's just been dynamite. Like, I think the last half last year, he was awesome. The year prior to that, the first half of the season, he was awesome and then kind of digre- regressed. This season, I, I just, I don't know, man. Just anytime he gets the ball in the box, I'm like, turnover, uh, off the mark. Just, I don't have any confidence in Jose Cifuentes' ability to finish in the final third. Zero.
1: Yeah, look, playing with one foot in in Europe, most likely, right? That's all all the rumors we talked I think he's about. He's shooting it.
0: himself in the foot, scarf. If he's going to play like that, if I'm Rangers or Hearts of Midlothian or anybody else, I'm like, I want to. I'm going to spend how much for this kid? Oh, I don't know. I might want to withdraw. Pull out. Yeah, well, pull out. Pull out. Well, never pull out. Never surrender. <laughs>
1: We'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens with Jose Fuentes. Look, just a few minutes later, Denny Bowanga pressing quite a bit, and his shot was not even close as well. They take out Ryan Gould in the 88th minute for Debra Caicedo. Four minutes of stoppage time. We get one more real wide shot by Denny Bowanga and Philly in the third minute of stoppage time. An absolutely perfect ball from Carlos Vela to that. Jose Cifuentes. Fuentes. <sighs> Why he didn't shoot right away, I don't know. He took it down, looked to work it around the box a little bit. Just
0: He fumbled it, man. Fumbled it, got it taken away. I mean, it was a nice buildup, but niente, nada, nothing came from that.
1: You mentioned it, really the highlight for the last, I don't know, 22 minutes, we'll say. Besides uh, Giorgio Chiellini coming on for me, which was great. Giorgio, look, Giorgio doesn't look fast right now. He's definitely playing with smarts. Uh, rather than with any speed, I, I don't know how healthy Giorgio really is, but he gave us, you know, 20 solid minutes or so. Uh, the highlight was for the first action since June 5th for Timothy Tillman. Uh, he only played 27 minutes versus Leon on June 5th uh, coming off. And it was really nice to see him back, his first action in 20 days. Uh, unfortunately, Philly, the whistle blows. We lose 3 2. First win for Vancouver on the road after giving Houston their first win on the road, not too much long, uh, not too uh, far back ago. Really? That's the, that's how we're going to phrase that Jr. All right. You're tired. That's okay. Keep going. Uh, I don't like this trend of giving teams their first win on the road, but Philly, uh, the stats sort of evened out after the second half. I mean, much better on the attack I felt. And, uh, Look, the games aren't won on the stat sheets, right? The only stat that matters is goals, but take us through toward the end of the match for stats.
0: 17 shots with nine on target by LAFC. 16 shots with nine on target for Vancouver. LAFC, 62% possession. Vancouver, 38. Passing accuracy, much better by LAFC. Uh, They created more chances than Vancouver at the end of the day. Uh, More fouls they accumulated over Vancouver. And, I mean, that's... That th- That's your story, Scarf. I mean, you said it, an alarming trend that we've given another team who hadn't won a road game all season, a- another win. And look, this is what, the second time we failed to defend the bank to a winless team on the road. Uh, the most regular season games, just so you all know, that we've lost at home is three. And that goes back to 2021. We've already lost two and drew two, with the remainder obviously being wins. We have seven more home games, seven more home games. And we have two losses. I mean, we've just, we've defended the bank countless times. And yes, one will argue that we're still defending the bank relatively well, but Vancouver had not won a road game. Not just necessarily all season. Vancouver hadn't won a road game since July of last year, over a year since Vancouver last won a road game. And they did it in all places. Our Cathedral of the Black and Gold BMO Stadium? I'm horrified that that happened. Yes, the game plan, they stuck with it, brother. Their passing was Chris. They converted. I mean, that textbook counter that led to the second goal of the game. We made mistakes. We let in three goals. We rarely let in that many goals against anybody, let alone at home. It was just, I left the bank today just feeling really deflated and just bummed out now we could talk about why in just a second but it just really sucks to have spent all saturday there all 15 or so hours just to walk out this empty-handed yeah if we had a few more freaking minutes you'd think the moment like we could have done something we were knocking on that door but mother
1: father time wasn't in our favor and look here's what i will say We played like crap. We didn't deserve to win. You give up that many goals, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you do. However, when you look at the table, while we now have to share our top spot, we're back sharing first place again on 32 points with St. Louis. We do have a game in hand, 19 to 18. So St. Louis with 29 points through 18 matches. uh, Excuse me. uh, St. Louis with 32 points through 19 matches we have 32 points through 18 but that does keep us in first place in the west so while the sky might seem like it's falling maybe just a little piece every now and then uh not sure there's even any point to get into the supporter shield race as we are 11 points back even though we do have one match in hand it's still going to be awfully tough i think for lafc at this point in the season to catch fc cincinnati but you know what There's always a chance. So until we're mathematically eliminated, we'll at least keep checking in on it. Philly, we at least get a week off. We get a week off in between matches. We don't play again until July 1st, but I just want to reiterate everybody. Starting July 1st, we run another gauntlet of matches. And these are just the matches that are scheduled, but either way, we'll get a little break after this gauntlet. But we play another five matches in 15 days. That's one every three days, folks. July 1st, we go to Dallas. July 4th, we're at the Rose Bowl against Carson. July 8th, we're back at BMO against San Jose. July 12th, we're back at BMO against St. Louis. July 15th, we go to Minnesota. And then we get a little break for the league's cup. So we get a week off and then Philly, it is a gauntlet once again, five matches in 15 days. If we were tired before we've got a week to get untired before we're going to get retired again.
0: Oh, was that a cue for me to chime in? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Seven games over the course of the last 20 days between June 4th and June 24th, uh, We've gone two, four, and one. If you really want to break down the math uh, in that time period, we're playing a game every 2.86 days. I'm tired of podcasting. Uh, I'm sure y'all are in some cases are tired of hearing us or seeing (laughs) us, let alone I I just can't even imagine mentally and physically how how our players are doing. I mean, we've played thus far 26 games this season, logged over 30,000 miles it's just been a whirlwind. And yeah, a week off is great. And Steve said they're looking forward to it because within that 2-4-1 and one record span, they haven't had time to really make that many adjustments. They haven't had that much time to go back and look at the videotape. They haven't had that much time to address or really make any of the corrections or any of the changes or tinker with things the way they would need to. They pretty much stood by their regular game plan and just moved a couple of pieces to and from. This is this finally puts us in an advantageous spot. I mean, look at what Vancouver had. Vancouver had two freaking weeks off, and they played solidly today. Can you imagine if we actually had a break of more than two hours, how good and efficient our team could be, if they could build and learn upon their mistakes? Uh, I think this puts us in a very good position heading into Frisco, Texas against FC Ribeye stake in about a week's time.
1: Yeah, look, I think the obviously the best thing to do right now is to just rest, to turn off everything. What we heard from the players, Danny Chrysostomo and Stipe Butte, but especially with Danny after the match today, he said it's, it's mainly mental at this point. Being able to turn off the mental aspect for a day or two, it's going to be huge for these players. All they've had time to do is regroup, refocus, And plan for a new team. Regroup, refocus, plan for a new team. Regroup, refocus, plan for a new team. To be able to wake up tomorrow and not think about the next team just yet. To be able to wake up tomorrow and not think about anything other than what can I do to get my body right? Turn off your mind for a little bit. That's going to be huge, huge for this club. And I really think, hopefully, this week off, will propel us into the next 15 days. And look, I like the matchups that we have ahead of us. I mean, look, I already talked about it, but Dallas is a team that if you want to be good in the West, you got to beat a team like Dallas. Obviously they have Jesus Ferreira and they've got a bunch of quality on that club, but we can beat, we should beat Dallas. We can beat, and we should beat Carson. I know we've gone back and forth with San Jose as of late, but again, if we're going to be the best in the West and the best in MLS, we got to circle the match against St. Louis as well because St. Louis could be one of those that we're jockeying for positions towards the end of the season with. So if we take those three points from them at BMO, that's huge, and then cap it off with a win against the Loons in Minnesota, we need at least 12 points at least 12 points from these four matches, five matches at least 12. Look, it's, it's it's pretty simple. We got to get 12. That's four wins, four wins. Make it happen.
0: Otherwise Philly and scarf. Give you the red oh, card. Look at that. You th- what do you think? I was really going to go an entire pod without some kind of prop. I needed some kind of prop scarf, some kind of, prop. Hear ya.
1: I'm going to need something to prop my head up after this. It's uh, it's been a solid hour and 18 minute episode. We know it's not, the most fun of all topics, but I think Philly this puts a bow on it. Uh, uh, no, nope,
0: it does not. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I do want to say one last thing, and I'll, I'll yeah. promise I'll make it quick. Okay. Uh, I want to. I'm not gonna going to be go into specifics, but obviously, like we talked about this earlier, with some of the uh, the hateful uh, and bigoted okay. rhetoric that occurred on social media as we were trying to film something very amazing, beautiful, and positive. Uh, also, going to just highlight the. Um, <laughs> The comments by one idiot made about the 3252. Now, I'm not going to give any specifics. I'm going to leave it up to you to do the searches for that. But I want to tell you a story that I came across on the internet that made me feel real good, and it's going to hopefully like inspire y'all. So gather around, y'all, one last time, story time with Philly. And this one incorporates animals. Now, the donkey told the tiger, the grass is blue. The tiger replied, no, the grass is green. The discussion starts becoming heated and the two decide to do what most animals will do, and that's submit the issue to arbitration. So they approach the lion. And as they approach the lion on his throne, the donkey starts screaming, your highness, it isn't. Isn't it true that the grass is blue? And the lion replies, if you believe it to be true, the grass is blue. Donkey rushes rushes forward and continued. The tiger disagrees with me, contradicts me, annoys me. Please punish him. King Lion declares, the tiger will be punished with three days of silence. Donkey jumps around for joy, goes about his merry way, content repeating, the grass is blue, the grass is blue, the grass is blue. Tigers is like, yo, dude, what's up? He asks the lion, Your Majesty, why have you punished me? After all, the grass is green. Lion replies. You've known the grass is green. You've seen the grass is green. The tiger asks, so then why'd you punish me? The lion responds, this has nothing to do with the question of whether the grass is green or blue. The punishment is because it is degrading for a brave, intelligent creature like you to waste your time arguing with an ass. And on top of that, you came and bothered me with that question just to validate something you already know. So the conclusion, defenders, and I'm going to steal this because I thought it was cool as well, is the biggest waste of time is arguing with the fool and the fanatic who doesn't care about truth or reality, but only the victory of their beliefs and illusions. Never waste time on discussions that make no sense. There are people who, for all the evidence presented to them, do not have the ability to understand Others are blinded by ego, hatred, resentment, racist bigotry. And the only thing they want is to be right, even when they aren't. When ignorance screams, and there's so much bloody ignorance out there, intelligence moves on. And that is
1: story time and philosophy with Philly. That was Philly keeping it short. That was impressive. All right. Well, listen, we've said our piece on a couple of these things. Love is love, everybody. And at the end of this episode, let's just show each other some love, some patience. And for all of you that'll be out there at Angel City tomorrow or later on tonight, we'll see you guys there, too. Because you know what? We're just going to celebrate playing some good football. it will be Pride Night there, too. So come hang out with us. And until then, you guys know how we like to end each and every one of our episodes. Bye-bye.